Good morning, CBC. Glad you are here with us this morning, the day after Christmas. I would ask that you would stand with us as we worship. Here we go. Bring all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Go. Come all you sinners. Come all you sinners, come find his mercy. Come to the table he will satisfy. Taste of his goodness, find what you're looking for. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave us. His one and only Son to save us. Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting there with open arms. For God so loved the world that he gave us. His one and only Son to save us.
And we are so grateful for the love that God has shown us. You know, yesterday we celebrated Christmas. I think we can still say it, but Merry Christmas. And we celebrated this beautiful gift that Jesus came and wrapped himself in flesh. And we just sang about probably the most famous Bible verse in the entire, um, at least world, if not the universe, right? That for God so loved the world, it says this in John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And then John three seventeen says this, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And can we go back? I want to say that, and I want you to say that with me together. John three seventeen. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And I think that's an important part of the passage that sometimes we don't talk about, right? God sent his son to save the world. Those who believe in him, they will not perish, but have eternal life. But how did he do it? The scripture says he came full of grace and truth. And I believe he did it in that order on purpose. Because when you have been met with unbelievable grace, how much easier is it to hear the truth? To hear the truth. And that's how God asks us to come to him. That song we just sang, bring all your failures, bring all your mistakes, bring all of the, the junk, if you will, that maybe we wanna hide and say, God, I'm gonna get it all together first and then I'm gonna come to you. Now he says, bring it just as you are and allow me to lead you to where I want you to be. And when he does that, we take on not our efforts, not our worth in what we can do, but it's all about him. It's all about the gift. It's all about receiving what he has done for us and accepting who we are in Jesus. And so as we continue to worship church, I wanna encourage you to remember that as a believer, you are a son and a daughter of the most high God. And as you worship, think about how you stand in his kingdom because he looks at you through the lens of Jesus and he says, love and accepted and approved and valued and worth dying for. Amen. Let's continue to worship. Sing this out. Who am I that the highest king would welcome? I was lost, but he brought me in, oh, his love for me, oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. ransom his grace runs deep while I was a slave to sin Jesus died for me yes he died for me who the sun sets free oh is free indeed I'm a child of God I am in my father's house. There's a place for me. 
not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Oh, I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Oh. God, oh, you love us. Sing, I am chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Believe it today. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Oh, I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free, always free. child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. Amen. You can be seated as we continue. Good morning, Cypress Bible Church. My name is Tony Svensson. I'm the Go Pastor. Uh, thank you for those of you who are visiting with us this morning. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about our church, there's a little QR code on the back of the pew. Uh, you can scan that and learn more about us. Or if you have questions, uh, please grab one of us and ask. We'd love to learn more about you and tell you more about what we're doing as a church. We also want to thank you, church family, uh, for the way that you support this church, the way you support the, the ministries uh, of this church through your giving. Uh, you do have an opportunity to give up to December 31st at midnight. You can do that online if you'd like to. And so just thank you for that. Uh, as, a, as a church, we gather in life-changing worship. 
we grow in life-changing truth and we go in life-changing ministry, right? We go in life-changing mission, right? So we are a church that, that dedicates a lot of our efforts to missions. And all of that uh, missions giving is separate from our general giving. And one of the great joys that we have as, as we support the missions initiatives of this church is to send out missionaries into the world and to support them. And so this morning we have uh, the great joy of commissioning uh, some of our missionaries, the Simpson family. I'm going to invite them up. They are getting ready to head to South Africa. And so as a church, we, we go local, we go short, we go long. Uh, and we are sending the Simpson family to represent uh, our church and ultimately the kingdom of God. And so they are gonna, we're gonna join them in Port Elizabeth with our missionaries, the Sieberhagens, uh, in early January, but they leave in just a, about a week. So they've got a lot of things going on, a lot of last minute details they're trying to wrap up. Uh, but we wanna, we wanna continue to support them in their journey. And so we'll be joining them on mission in a few weeks. Uh, and then they, eventually they'll end up in Cape Town and uh, we'll, we'll plan in the future to bring short-term mission trips to support this family. So look forward to that in the future. Uh, but in the meantime, we as a church are gonna commission them now and send them out uh, as they're sending church. So let me, let's pray for them. Father God, we, we come into your presence this morning and we are just in awe of you. And we thank you uh, that you send us as missionaries into the world, that uh, we as a church get to send missionaries out, Lord as the Apostle Paul was sent out by the Church of Antioch, Lord, we send this family out uh, through the prompting of your spirit. And we pray that you would bless this family, that your grace would abound through them, Lord, and that your kingdom would be established as they seek to share the gospel, to make disciples and to plant churches. Lord, and their desire is to raise up Africans that would reach Africa, that the, that the gospel would go beyond South Africa and to, to the whole nation. And so, Lord, we, we pray that as we partner with this family, that you would bless uh, our partnership with them and, and help us to support them in every way that we can to make their, their ministry fruitful. Uh, and ultimately, Lord, we, we put all of this work into your hand. We put this family into your hands. And uh, we just pray again for your blessing to be upon them. So we commission this family uh, as uh, Cypress Bible Church to go in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Would you bless them and keep them for your kingdom and for your glory? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Can we thank the Simpson family one more time for their service to the Lord? And we have a special part of our service again right now that we want to invite all of our children, fifth grade and under, to come on up here. And Pastor Evan is going to do a special message with you. So if you're five and under, you can stand up right where you are and come this way. And they might need a little encouragement, parents and church family. So can you encourage our kiddos as they come to be a part of this special day? Come meet Pastor Evan right here on the thrust. All fifth yeah, all fifth graders and below, you can come join us. Uh, some parents, if you want to bring your kids with them. Um, so come on and grab a seat. Now, I asked some of y'all at Christmas Eve services that if you got a toy or some gift for Christmas, if you wanted to bring it today, you could do that. Now, I'm wearing one of my Christmas gifts. I got this really cool fleece from my mom. And so I see you guys have some gifts as well. So who here brought a gift? You want to show us what you brought. So what do we have here? 
American doll. You want to hold that up so everybody can see that? Just look at that. Very cool. What do you have here? Oh my goodness, it lights up. That's really cool. You want to hold it up so everybody can see that? What did you get? Is that Mickey? Awesome. You want to hold up Mickey so everybody can see? Oh, that's so cool. I see you got something. What did you get? Ooh, a Star Wars book. Oh my goodness. Hold it up so everybody can see that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Anybody else get some cool gifts? Ooh, I see you got a gift right there. Oh, is that a doodle doodle diary? Very nice. Anybody else? Oh, I see you got some poppets. Very cool. Does anyone else want to tell me about a gift that you got? What did you get? What did you get? Legos. Legos are always a good gift. That's awesome. Well, we all got to celebrate some good gifts, and you just asked a good question. What's in here? So I've got a bag here. So let's see what's inside. Okay, I got some paper and some paper. and Oh, no. There's nothing inside. Oh, my goodness. Does anyone ever – how does that feel when you're opening presents and then you reach the last present? Do you feel kind of sad? Yeah. Was, it, was anyone kind of sad when Christmas was over yesterday? No? Well, good. I'm glad that you are still enjoying the holidays. And I had this bag here today to remind us of something. You see, we got lots of cool presents and lots of cool toys and things, but some of the best gifts that we get are ones that don't come in a bag. So I want you to imagine with me. Everybody put on your imagination. And let's imagine what are some gifts that we get that don't go in a bag. So I'm going to pretend to pull one out of a bag. So we get the gift of God's love, right? That doesn't go in a bag, but God loves us so much. He sent Jesus. That's why we celebrate Christmas. What's another gift we get? Let's go ahead and take out the gift of life. Yes, we have the gift every day of having breath and getting to wake up and enjoy a new day. We have the gift of family. I bet you can point out and point where your family is sitting. I even have some family here today. And so we get to celebrate the gift of family. What else do we have? The gift of friends. We have the gift of God's word that we can know him. We could just do this all day and just sit here and we don't even need a sermon, Jeremy. I can just do, just pull out God's gift one at a time. But we have so many things that we can thank God for. And so I want y'all to think of something and I want to encourage y'all as well. Would you think of something that God's given you a gift, a blessing, and would you pretend with me that you're pulling it out of a bag? And as we pull it out of the bag, or you can unwrap it if you like, so everyone pretend to unwrap, and we're going to pull it out and say, thank you, God, on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you, God. All right, think of something else that God's given you. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you, God. One more time. Let's unwrap something together. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you, God. You see, today, Mr. Jeremy is teaching us about how we have a new identity in Christ. We have so many gifts because of Jesus. And we want to have a thank you, God, heart. Not only today, but all year long. Do you all think you can continue to say thank you, God, all year long, every day? That's awesome. Let's say it one more time together. Thank you, God. Well, thank y'all for being here. If you didn't get one, there's little bags at the entrances with little gifts for y'all that you can also get and enjoy during the services. Uh, So thank y'all for being here. Thank you for being brave and coming up. Y'all can go ahead and head back to your seats. You want to give them a round of applause for being brave and coming up here? Kiddos. And thank you, Pastor Evan. You know, the scripture encourages us to come to the Lord as little children. 
And sometimes we get all grown up and just forget about the childhood wonder and faith. But if you were watching from my side, I got to see all these eyes light up when they were talking about the gifts and talking about just the fun that they had. There's not a, a care in the world, right? But as adults, we got cares, we got worries. But God gave us a remedy for that. He said, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. God cares for you. And we have a moment on the last Sunday of 2021 to worship the Lord and to put our focus and our attention on him completely. And there's probably a million distractions that wanna pull you away. But I just wanna invite you to come to the Lord as a little child in that awe and wonder and to worship him and exalt his name on high together. Let's do that as a church family this day. Would you stand together with us? Let's sing. Exalted, the King is exalted on high. I will praise Him. He is exalted, forever exalted, and I will praise His name for He. Exalted on high, He is exalted. He is exalted. The King is exalted on high. I will praise Him. He is exalted, forever exalted, and I will praise. His name Exalted on high, exalted on high, you are the Lord, forever your truth shall in your holy name you are the Lord forever your truth shall reign heaven and earth rejoice in your holy name you are exalted the king is exalted on Exalted. 
Thank you for being the Father that we need. Lord, we sing that song as a testament that no matter what we're going through, the circumstances that face our life, we can say, you're not just good, you are a good, good Father to us. And Lord, that you care about us. You have your glory in mind and our good. And those things can go together. And so, Lord, thank you for caring so graciously for us. And I just pray today, right now, anybody in the room that needs to hear this, that, God, you are a loving Father, and you love everyone right where they are, and you desire that no man perish, that everyone comes to a saving knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd breathe hope into this place, that you'd breathe life where bones have been dry, And Lord, that your spirit would move in such a way, Lord, that we would be unmistakably knowing that God is here and he's active and he's moving and working. And Lord, we celebrate that and we welcome that. We wanna be willing vessels to what you wanna do in this place. And so Jesus, this is your place. This is your time. We love you. And it's in your powerful and strong name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Church, we have a privilege this morning to hear from one of your very own. Jeremy Little is going to come and bring the message today. So would you welcome Jeremy? Good morning and Merry Christmas. This is the last Sunday of the year. Thank you for that reminder. So uh, you'll have me next week too. But the good thing is, uh, you won't have me till next year. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Liz. (laughs) Today we're going to be talking about a very important topic. Our, our identity in Christ. Teachers and pastors love to use examples of people, real life examples to draw you in so that you can understand what they're going to talk about. It's called the hook. (laughs) Instead of pointing to somebody else, though, today, I'm going to be using myself as an example. And the thing that I'm focusing on for me is a very specific example about my identity in Christ and the journey that I took. But perhaps yours is a little different. Or maybe it's the same. But today I want to talk a little bit about my spiritual development. My spiritual development began when I was born in June of 1976. Awesome, since June 1976. I have up there on the opposite side, awesome since November of 1981. Anybody anybody care to guess what happened then? 
When I accepted Christ, exactly. So I became born again in 1981. And my parents, who are here today, I'm so thankful. Everybody say hello to my parents, please. (laughs) They raised me the right way. I was a Baptist. And being raised in the Baptist church, I got the gospel every single Sunday. And I got the gospel from my parents and back in the day, remember people used to, you know, these days you could take your phone out and get videos of your kids right away. We were not rich. We had a tape recorder, this like little tape recorder. We would record ourselves talking. And I have the great privilege of having a tape, a tape of a discussion that I had with my mother back in 81, where I was asking her about Jesus dying for my sins. And I was telling her how sad I was about it. And she was explaining to me that it was a good thing that he died in my place. And she prayed with me and I received Christ. I understood it. I was only five. I'm 45 now. I can honestly say I was five and I understood. And the Lord has walked with me all those years. And I, I, when we moved to Houston, when we moved to this side of Houston, it's the Cyprus, we went to a church called... Houston Northwest Memorial Baptist Church. Anybody know that church? It's, it's also called Houston Northwest Church. And that, that Houston Northwest Church over at Cypresswood in 249, I was in youth group with Mick Stockwell. It's a really funny guy if you ever knew Mick. And he taught me so many things. I was in Sunday school classes. We'd go on these little mission trips. And then we went to... The Met, Metropolitan Baptist Church, another Baptist church. Went to the Met. I went on all these trips, mission trips. Went to Ocala, Florida. Went to Splashtown and everywhere we're going, we went door to door in Ocala. It was awesome. We went door to door in Ocala, Florida, sharing the gospel. I was with these two girls. They were, they were, we were all uh, junior high or high school, early high school. These two girls were with me and this mean dog came running down the street he was, rawr, rawr, and he was coming, and they were scared, and I rebuked him from afar, and he stopped, and he turned and ran. It was an amazing thing. And then one, one day, uh, after going to the Met for so many years, this friend of mine, Greg Sauer, who I knew from school, said, why don't you come to my church? I said, well, what's your church? He said, Cypress Bible Church. I said, I can't go to your church. I'm Baptist. Well, I wound up coming here. I've been here pretty much ever since, and that was in 1993. <clears throat> so I've been at Cypress Bible Church. I was in the youth group here. I was in different small groups. And all the while, while this was going on, I had another thing forming my spiritual growth. Other than my parents, other than the Baptist Church and Cypress Bible Church, and all those people pouring into my life, and God's Word pouring into my life, I was also raised by the Navigators. Charles and Barbara Lloyd. Charles poured into my life. Bible studies. He taught me the Navigator way. The Navigator is a missionary organization where they focus on discipleship. And they are all over the world. But Chuck and Barbara are stationed here, even to this day. So the Navigators had a big impact on me and my spiritual growth. And I saw the the importance of disciple-making and passing it on, and not just passing it on to my kids, 
or those that are under me, but getting my, getting my kids to do what? To pass it on to their kids so that their kids will pass it on to their kids and so that those children will pass it on to their children and that it would continues on. And so that's my spiritual growth. I eventually went to seminary, Dallas Theological Seminary. And in seminary, I learned one of the most valuable things any of you will ever learn. It's to read the Bible in context. To understand God's word in context. To not have a preconceived idea and put filters on my eyes and then look at God's word and tell God's word what God's word means. No, to take those filters off and let the communication go this way. So from that, I was graduated from seminary. And I continued on here, and I was on the elder board here. But me and my friend had started a class, a class here. This is a Bible, te- a, Bible, a Bible church, and we were teaching God's word verse by verse in this class called Two Gab. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, Jack Martin named the class, if you know Jack Martin. He named it Two Gab, Two Guys in a Bible. It was me and my buddy Dylan. You see those pictures there? One of his teachers, he, he used to work at Feast Elementary. One of the teachers did those caricatures of us. Dylan's uh, the bald one. <laughs> And so Dylan and I started this class, Two Gab, Two Guys in a Bible, and we're teaching God's Word. And I'm on the elder board, and he and I want to start a seminary, a seminary for non-seminary students, a seminary for the lay people. Because we were so impacted at seminary, because one time during a class, this, this guy asked, uh, uh, Professor, can you give me just a quick explanation? What is the Trinity? And he'd been reading in the Bible, and he stopped, and he, he closed his Bible, and he said, isn't it a shame that you guys are spending tens of thousands of dollars to learn these things that you should have learned for free at your church? Well, Dylan and I started Cypress Discipleship Institute. Uh, you see that uh, book, that's the Bible, with a tree growing out of it. And that's an aleph, an A in Hebrew, and an alpha, a in Greek. We started that. And we're teaching people about God's word. And then Dylan got called away. He's a pastor now. He's a pastor at a church in Pampa, Texas. It's up in the panhandle. There's a bunch of farmers up. Actually, it's where he's from. And if you ever know Dylan, he, he, he tries to hide that he's got the thick accent, but it comes out, especially when he's around his own. Same thing happens to me, too, and my mother. So he left, and two gab was no longer two guys in a Bible because this is me. So two gab now stands for to gather all believers. My spiritual growth, okay? I'm trying to use the gifts that God has given me and the way that he has gifted me to accomplish what God's trying to accomplish. While all this is going on, though, there was something else that was also forming me. This is forming me in the image of God. Something else wanted to form me in the image of a patriot. For I was born in the USA. And as you see, being born in the USA is the greatest nation on earth. And the goal of America 
is to spread freedom and liberty to all nations so that all nations will, will know the joy of, of living in freedom and not tyranny and liberty. If, speaking of liberty, okay, does anybody know, okay, the second picture in the top, those two boys, anybody know what that is? Nobody, you baby boomers don't even know. Johnny Tremaine, still nothing. This is, I got I to gotta remove that from the slide. Johnny Tremaine was in the Sons of Liberty. It was a Disney show where these patriots, these young patriots during the Revolutionary War, were, they were fighting for America, fighting against the tyranny of King George. And I'm watching this going, yeah, that's me. I want to fight against the tyranny. America's the good guys. And the Cold War was going on. Anyone remember the Cold War? Does anybody miss the Cold War, kind of? I do. Really good music came out of the Cold War, too. But the Cold War, the, the Russians, the, the commies, and the Red Scare. Oh, the commies were the bad guys. We were the good guys. The Americans were the good guys. And Lee Greenwood, God Bless the USA. Anyone ever sing that, or was it just me? It's like a, a hymn. It's a worshipful, patriotic hymn that one uh, Christian could sing and feel those feelings of worship bubbling up in them. I hope you're getting a little bit of tension. Okay, then we got the three R's. Ronald Reagan, the Republican Party, and Rush Limbaugh. This is my political formation, my friends. And so I'm learning all about the Republican ideas and conservatism, and I'm being pumped up, and I'm being shaped into this image, and I love America, and my goodness, I love G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe, a real American hero, and, and uh, both of my grandparents fought, my, my grandfathers fought, one in the Pacific and one in Europe. Wow. And then the, the Berlin Wall came down. Remember that? Communism's coming at an end, to an end. And, and uh, Russia fell. Wow. Russia fell. And then we had the, the Gulf War, where my Uncle Vance went. M1A1 tank, tank driver, Norman Schwarzkopf. Remember those days? America's the good guys. And then 9-11 happened. And as a patriot, those things are painful. Some of those things are painful to see to think about, but I was being formed in the image of this nation and needing to fight for this nation. And when you feel a certain way about your citizenship of this nation, you start to feel a, a certain way about other nations. But I wasn't just politically formed, I was spiritually formed. Enter the confusion. So you have here the cross with the American flag on it. I had two identities that had come together, and with that, there was great confusion. And I went forward in my life with that identity of this confusion. And I got into many political debates, of course. I, I know that, hello, don't do that. That was close. Anybody uh, ever get into a political debate? Only like three people. Wow. Four. Okay. <laughs> Political debates. 
when you have been pumped up with all of this information, you are armed. You know, there's been a study done recently. The majority of Republicans know that Democrats are the main threat to America. And the Democrats know, the majority of Democrats know that the Republicans are the largest threat facing America. And so we know who our enemy is. If you are a Republican, it is the Democrats. And you need to get onto them because they're ruining this nation. And if you're a Democrat, you know the enemies of Republicans and you've got to get onto them because they're ruining this nation. And on this slide, I have the, the beautiful fight between Republicans and Democrats, but you also see a hard-to-see cross. So as I'm going forward with both of these things together, I a lot of times ignore the cross. And as I'm reading God's word and learning not to have filters on my eyes to tell me what God's word says, but for God's word to tell me what I should think and I should be transformed by God's word, I hit this tension. What does it mean? And I start talking to my ministry partner, Dylan, about it. And Dylan's questioning me. Dylan, of course, he's a libertarian. Are any of you libertarians out there? Okay, well, he's, he's, he's an apolitical type of libertarian, or he was at the time. And he's asking me all these questions, and he's actually telling me about how he's walking away from politics and how he's identifying more with what God's word says. And I'm weirded out by this because I think he's, what are you, a commie? And he's like, well, tell me about the Russians. Let me, give me, let me give you an example, Jeremy. He said, Jeremy, did you, how much did you hate the commies? I said, I knew that we needed to nuke them before they nuked us. Because growing up in the 80s, in an HISD, we would have the, the disaster drills. Was it just for tornadoes or hurricanes? What else was it for? Anybody? In case we're nuked. Because nothing saves you quite like crawling under a desk and looking at gum from a nuke. So we were, I was afraid. And I said, yes, Dylan, I wanted to nuke. I wanted America to nuke the Russians. Anybody know the, the other picture on there? Dr. Strange, love you. <laughs> That's Major Kong. He's going to nuke Russia and he's going down with it and he's, like he's riding a bull. And so I was all about that, and Dylan said to me, so Jeremy, did you want to nuke the Christians in Russia too? Well, I didn't say yes. That about hit me in the head with a two-by-four. I'd never thought of that. He said, your problem is you've been looking too much at your politics and not God's word. He challenged me. He said, those things that you're feeling tension about, it's because God is trying to tell you something. God is trying to tell you about your real identity. So he said, get into God's word and tell me what you find. And here's what I found, my friends. Philippians 3. We're going to look at Philippians 3, 17 through 20. If you want to turn in your Bibles, you may. If you don't want to turn in your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen. This is the New American Standard Version. It says in 3.17, brothers and sisters, this is Paul writing, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. And Paul and his associates, the leaders, follow their example. 
Follow Paul's example and follow people like him. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So it's not just following Paul. Paul is following what Jesus did. And what was Paul's example? What example did Paul give us? He used his spiritual gifts to build up the church. Now, if you look, last time I preached was back in March. I did a whole sermon on spiritual gifts. Paul's gift was to plant churches. He went all over the Roman world and parts of the Middle East and planted churches and discipled people and helped them to grow so that they would plant churches, so that they would use their gifts. So following his example is to use your gift. Now, one of my gifts is teaching. And that's what I'm doing right now, and I'm using my gift for that. Does that mean, well, what if yours isn't teaching? Does that mean your gift is useless? Go read 1 Corinthians 12. Your gift is not useless. Every single gift is needed. Every single gift is filled with the Holy Spirit, even administration. Filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what God's Word says. That's what you get from letting God's Word read out to you. The Spirit-filled church is the one that uses all the gifts. And Paul said, follow my example. His example is using his spiritual gifts to build up the church. Paul lived what he preached. Paul followed what the Word of God said. And that's what he did. That was Paul's example. And we are called to be imitators of him. What does the next part say? So follow his example. For many walk, of whom I often told you and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things set their minds on earthly things. This is a command. He said, follow my example. Don't follow this example. Do not walk in this way. This way is the path of destruction. Do not set your minds on earthly things. What are the earthly things are temporal, temporary. They don't have a lasting impact. As they say, you know, when you die and at the funeral, there's no U-Haul. You can have a U-Haul. And I've been studying a lot of Egyptology lately, and those pharaohs would be buried with all their stuff. And you know what? <laughs> it's very fascinating. An Egyptologist is teaching this class. He said that a lot of these pharaohs that came later would have to move some of the bodies and move their stuff to keep it from people that steal them because you can't take it with you. It's temporary. So our focus should be on the eternal and not the things that are temporary. We should follow Paul's example and do what he did. And here's the apex. Philippians 3.20. Why? For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship. This is a real identity passage here, my friends. Our citizenship, it comes from this Greek word, citizenship, is this Greek word, politiuma. Politiuma is a commonwealth of citizens, a state of citizens. Our citizenship is where? I know it's the day after Christmas. 
And I know this isn't too gab. At too gab, I am constantly interrupted with people talking and saying all sorts of things. Let me ask one more time. Where is our citizenship? In heaven. That's what it says here. This is, you think of yourself, we're, we are American citizens, or I'm a citizen of Mexico, or I'm a citizen of Russia, wherever you're a citizen of. You, believer, are a citizen of heaven regardless of your nationality. Heaven is our foremost citizenship. Heaven is our foremost allegiance. Not America. Now, I remember uh, Brian Carroll, was, Pastor Brian, was asking me about this sermon and, and saying, you know, what all are you going to be talking about? I said, well, I'm probably going to upset about 70% of the people here. You know, the great thing about it is I'm a guest teacher. <laughs> I mean, you get me one more week, but after that, ooh, I'll be at two gab. You want to come hunt me down, that's fine. But that's why I'm using myself as an example, my friends, so that I can pick on me. I struggled with this severely, okay? Our citizenship is in heaven. Our allegiance should be in heaven and not in America. Paul used his... Now, you could say, listen, Jeremy, I know that Paul used his Roman citizenship, and he did. He, pulled, he played the I'm a Roman card. He played it in two different places. You can go check it out. It's really cool. Acts 16 and Acts 22. In one instance, they've got Paul and they've got him tied down. They're ready to beat him. Ooh, they're going to beat him. And Paul says, is it lawful for you to whip a Roman citizen who has not even been tried? Ooh, those guys freaked out. They're like, oh, he's a, he's a Roman. Oh, my goodness, he's a Roman. They started to fall up the stairs like somebody would know. They were scared to death. And they let him go because he played his Roman citizen card. But you know what Paul didn't do? Paul did not spend his time getting involved in the inner political workings of Rome. You know, during his time, Rome was an empire, imperial Rome, the Caesars. You know, Paul's could have all been all about Rome was founded as a republic. The power should be with the people. And not the despot that sits in Rome. Paul did not spend his time doing that. You know how I know? Because we have all of his letters. Paul said, follow my example. So he wasn't getting involved in all these political arguments in Rome. He was talking about Jesus. If you start to look at all nations through the lens of Philippians 3.20, that your citizenship is in heaven, you will begin to realize that you here in America are a foreigner. You're an alien. Now, we're also citizens here, I understand, but our foremost citizenship is in heaven. And my friends, God is trying to form you into something. He's telling you what your identity is. And there's some real tension between your Christianity and your American patriotism. Okay, well, let's look at a different passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at 17 through 20. It's kind of fun. Philippians 3, 17 through 20. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. If you're a citizen of heaven, let's see what this has to say. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... 
He is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creature. Your identity, if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Your identity is in Christ. You have to be something new. Jeremy, born in 1976. America was how old then? 200. Yes, 200 years old. When I was born. America waited 200 years to get me. And here I am. (laughs) But in 81, I became a new creature in Christ. And it put me on a path that is still leading me to this day. Your identity is, is in Christ. Our relationship with God was broken because of our sins and our trespasses. And God is reconciling all believers to himself because of the work that Jesus accomplished on the cross. He died for your sins. He died in your place. He died to save us. And we've been given that ministry of reconciliation. This is also a part of what we are, our identity. We are ministers of the same reconciliation that we received. We're a new creature. We're citizens of heaven. And what else? Here's the apex for this passage. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Ambassadors. It's another Greek word. The word is presbuo. It's a legal representative of the political authority that has sent them. That's what an ambassador is. An ambassador represents the monarch from which he is sent in all matters regarding his mission. An ambassador. We're to follow Paul's example. We are ambassadors of Christ. Now let's think about this. So we're ambassadors for Christ. But what if as an ambassador, let's take away of Christ. What if, what if you're an ambassador from America to Great Britain? And suddenly you decide, well, I want to become a British citizen instead. I will, I will not work for America. America sent me here to represent America in Great Britain. But I don't care about America. I care about my citizenship in Britain. I'm British. Oh, great, I can speak with an English accent now and and laugh at all you Yanks. I'm British. What would America think about such a person? Or any nation where their ambassador comes and turns from that nation they were sent from? What would they call that person? Traitor. Darth traitor. Yes, traitor. A terrible traitor. Meditate on that when you think about yourself as a citizen of heaven and an ambassador for Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven and we're an ambassador for Christ and we're ambassadors to the U.S. For those of us that are here, we're ambassadors to the U.S. on behalf of heaven, sent here for that purpose, to be an ambassador. And we should be about 
our sovereign's mission, right? Legal authority. And God is sovereign over all the nations. You know, that I've really enjoyed, I, I, we homeschool our kids. I've been taking Jasmine, my daughter, through the book of Daniel. And God had to show several sovereigns in the book of Daniel that the global political hierarchy has God at the very top. Under that are the sovereigns of the nations. Our calling is to the highest sovereign in the entire world. We have no king but Jesus. Oh, but Jeremy, I know. I understand that. That's great. But once the Republicans get back all the power, and we have the House and the Senate and the Supreme Court and the presidency, everything's going to be fixed. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. It was a joke. <laughs> I've seen that many times. It's a, it's a funny joke. It's an old joke. And the Democrats have the same joke. Once they have total control, everything's going to be fixed. It's a funny joke. I'm getting tired of that joke, though. Like, the, why did the chicken cross the road? Who cares? I've heard that one. It, it, so we look at God's word, and, and we see what our identity is. I wanted one more piece of evidence. Okay, what about the earliest church? What did they do? Well, there's this really cool letter. It's called the Epistle to Diognetus. It's written by a man who calls himself Mathetes. Mathetes in Greek means disciple. So he's a disciple. And he, he says of himself that he's a, a disciple of the apostles. So he knew the apostles. And he's writing this in the first century AD. And he's writing this letter to this Roman guy who wants to know what Christianity is all about. And here's what we get from chapter 5. It's a beautiful thing, a picture of Christians living in Rome. Christians dwell in their own countries, but simply as sojourners. Every foreign land is as their native country, and every land of their birth has a land of strangers. They pass their days on earth, but they are citizens of heaven they obey the prescribed laws and this, at the same time surpass the laws by their lives. They love all men and are persecuted by all. They are evil spoken of and yet are justified. They are reviled and blessed. They are insulted and repay the insult with honor. They do good yet are punished as evildoers. Yet those who hate them are unable to assign any reason for their hatred. Our brothers and sisters, our forefathers are more ancient than Washington. Our forefathers lived this in Rome. And their focus was not on political arguments. Their focus was not on the temporal. They did not set their minds on earthly things. They followed the example that was set for them. Which brings us back to me having to go to Dillon and eat crow. I had to confess, uh, Dillon, I, I would never want to nuke anybody now. I don't want to nuke Mecca. I don't want to nuke Moscow. <laughs> I'm called to love these people. I, I, I set aside my temporal viewpoint. I set aside my mind being on earthly things, and I thought, my goodness, these people are lost. And they need the Lord. And that's the answer. 
And does it mean you can't watch Dr. Strange Love? I'll leave that up to your conviction. And I won't tell you what I'm going to do with Dr. Strange Love. Really funny show. Okay. So, how do you apply this to your life? You got to remember what your identity is. Maybe you were confused like I was confused. Remember, you're a citizen of heaven. You are here representing Christ as an ambassador. And don't set your mind on earthly things. Have a, an eternal perspective. The temporal's passing away. It's fruitless. It's worthless. It's useless. If you want to help America, there's not a new tax plan or stimulus bill, anything like that. The answer is Jesus. It is a Sunday school answer. But Christ is a solution because this nation is filled with lost people. We are foreigners here. We are citizens of heaven. Our identity is in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. Now, I told you this was a very personal thing for me. And I pointed out my thing and my trip up and my confusion with mixing my patriotism with God's word. And I let go of that. But maybe you've got your own thing. Maybe your identity is wrapped up in your job or your title or your hobbies or running away from your family or maybe it is your family. My dad always told me, <laughs> Satan's going to do one or two things to you. He's either going to try to pull you away or push you in to whatever it is. But your identity is in Christ. Do not forget that. You are a citizen of heaven. You're an ambassador of Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time we had to look at your word in these two passages and to look at these two realities, Lord, of our identity in you. Lord, we thank you for the citizenship we have in heaven. Our allegiance is to you, Lord. We thank you that you have deemed us to be your ambassadors. And Lord, we thank you that you have gifted us in many different ways, Lord. And I ask that you would help everyone here to be encouraged to do the thing that they have been gifted with, Lord, so that they can build up your kingdom and live out their role as an ambassador and the reality of being a citizen of heaven. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up.
Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. Oh, you say I am love when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am hell when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours. And I believe, oh, I believe what you say of me. Stand together and sing that with us. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you I find my worth, in you I find my identity. told you my journey 
and my context, but you have yours. But the one thing that we share is that we are citizens of heaven and we are ambassadors for Christ with this wonderful ministry of reconciliation. Next week, we're going to talk about our duty in Christ. So in this week, think about whatever your thing is in your context and remember your identity, my friends, my family, my fellow countrymen. Let's pray. Lord, bless, bless these people. Lord, bless me as well, Lord, that as I continue to struggle with all these kind of things, that, Lord, they would struggle with all of these kind of things and the things that you've also put on their hearts. Oh, Lord, that we would apply your word and not just let it hit us like the Dead Sea and have no life, but that your, your word would be life to us, Lord, and give us purpose and meaning. We thank you for this time, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go, my fellow ambassadors. Hey, John.